An international issue the world is keeping an eye on over in Israel. The parliament's approval on Monday of a law severely limiting their Supreme Court's power over decisions made by the government is uh, further fueling protests that have been happening in the country. It's uh, a case study that a lot of democracies are really looking at. To talk about the whole situation there, I bring on Bruce Gentleson, a professor of public policy and political science at Duke University. Bruce, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Good to be with you. Give me the uh, the lowdown for someone who doesn't uh, know what's going on over there. What exactly was the big move that was made yesterday? Yeah, they, they, they call it judicial reform, but that's kind of a euphemism, a cover story. What it really is is, is politicizing the Supreme Court, uh, the, the judiciary, other parts of the legal system in ways that and you can see this from the demonstrations that affect so many aspects of Israeli life, it affects women's rights, LGBT rights, affects the military, affects business, affects unions, it affects, you know, which denominations of, of Judaism are genuinely considered Jews by the people in charge. And if you're an average Israeli family sitting at your dining table, uh, it really affects your life in some very profound ways. And so that's why we've seen these huge protests, right? This, you know, it's been going on for 29 weeks, tens of thousands of people, We've had a lot of protests in our country, but we've never sustained it at that level. Last Saturday, uh, uh, there were 693 different communities that had protests in Israel. And it's a small country. That's a pretty high percentage of all the cities and villages in the country. How does uh, changing the power of a Supreme Court affect all of those people? Because it, it, it gives the power of the coalition that has a small majority in the Parliament, what they call the Knesset, basically the power to overrule the courts and to prevent the courts from doing any review. You know, all democracies have their courts doing reviews. We have the Supreme Court, we have courts of appeals in this country, and it prevents them from doing reviews of what this coalition wants to do. And the coalition is really run by some really extreme uh, extremists who uh, preach hatred, uh, they think their way is the only way for an Israeli citizen, let alone the Palestinian, just for your average Israeli citizen. And so it politicizes all of that. And that's why the country has been, you know, the protests that go beyond anything I think ever seen in a modern democracy. To kind of put it in perspective for us here, is their government run similarly to we have it here in the United States with the similar kind of checks and balances? Yeah, it's a good question. It's not. They're a parliamentary system, like Britain, like Canada. And so the prime minister's the head of the, of the majority party coalition and the, and the legislature, right? So there's no checks there. You know, There are problems with our checks and balances, but we do have checks. And that's why checks from the courts are even more important, because you have basically two of the three branches of government that are totally linked by the same politics. So it's an even more profound issue in a parliamentary system like Israel than it would be in the United States. These changes that are receiving lots of protests in Israel right now, is this permanent? You know, sustaining protests for 29 straight weeks, you know, tens of thousands of people is a pretty hard thing to do. It's not clear. The parliament adjourns at the end of this week and doesn't come back after until after the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, which comes in, in, in mid-September. Uh, but, you know, my fear is, and it started to happen last night, is that the protests, the reaction of the protests are getting more violent because now the government feels it can do anything it wants to do, wants to do. They were firing water that, that they called skunk water, uh, which was filled with skunk uh, fumes at the protesters in Jerusalem. Uh, 
So people, you know, people are not going to stop. But I think they're feeling very more than frustrated. You know, I can tell you, I have some very close Israeli friends and colleagues who I never thought would leave their country. They're deep patriots. They've been there for you know for a long time, and they're they're not leaving yet. But they actually are starting to talk about it, which which is really huge, and it affects affects the tech industry, which has been a leader in Israel. It just affects so many aspects of the society. Uh, that it's really very sad and very troubling. Something else that could also be impacted, you referenced earlier, is uh, they have ongoing issues relating to uh, other people in that area, the Palestinians especially. Uh, is it going to have impacts on all that? So I'd say two things here. One is you had um, uh, 15 uh, high-ranking former heads of the Mossad, the Shin Bet, their major intelligence services, uh, and their military who basically said that the soldiers and the reservists, uh, men have to do reserve duty in Israel until about 40 years old, that they would be justified in not reporting for duty because of this government. That's huge. Uh, and whether you're Iran or Hezbollah uh, or Hamas, um, you know, it really weakens Israeli national security in some fundamental ways. And as far as the Palestinians are concerned, this is really an outgrowth of the occupation. I mean, the 500,000 settlers now in the West Bank are the source of much of the power of these extremist parties who now, you know, control the parliament. Uh, and so it's, they've already been uh, much more violent against the Palestinians in the in the better part of a year that they've been in power. And, yeah, it's going to get worse for, for the Palestinians, and it weakens Israel's national security when it does face some very real threats from other countries in, in, that are its neighbors. That is significant. If the leaders in the military are telling people in reserve who are not active but are there at the ready that they don't have to. That's right. I mean, Israel has a draft for men and women uh, that have to serve you know, upon, upon uh, reaching the age of 18 before, before they go to college. Uh, and then you have to do the reserve duty. And, you know, Israel, you know, there are, there are a lot of criticisms one can make of various Israeli uh, policies, but the fact is that they do face more severe threats from other countries than we surely do, or there are many other countries in the world. And they value their national security. And when you have the former heads of places like the Mossad saying you are justified in not reporting the duty, or 1,100 pilots, reservist pilots, who said they wouldn't report, and the Air Force is the most important part of the Israeli military, uh, it really tells you the way that it is not just, you know, peaceniks and other, you know, liberals, progressives. It's hardcore military people that, that are you know, very concerned and and very against this change of policy. Speaking with Bruce Gentleson, a professor of public policy and political science at Duke University about a situation in Israel right now, the Supreme Court uh, now severely limited due to a new law that was passed by Israeli parliament on Monday. What's the future for Israel now after this uh, ruling comes down on Monday? What's the immediate future for them? You know, it's the biggest internal political crisis the country has had. It's had other crises in terms of wars and other threats. Uh, you know, politics come. You know, politics has its issues and its tensions, and you have rallies. But the country has never had, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of people protesting for you know for over six months now. Uh, and another part of it is Prime Minister Netanyahu. Uh, part of this is also to make sure that the attorney general and other legal officials can continue with the investigation of allegations of criminality against him. Uh, so he basically uh, is willing to put his own personal interests and ego 
ahead of his country's interests, and that's never good in a leader. And again, it's not the only country that that happens in, but we're, you know, we're talking about Israel at the moment. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for being on the show. Lots of insight. Okay. Appreciate you having me. Take care.